Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advance Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss Tank Gate, Carson Wentz's future, and what needs to change with the coaching staff in front office with Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman presumably returning uh, to power. Chris, how are you doing today? Well, I felt like uh, I'm just double checking the calendar because it's January and I kind of felt like I was watching a preseason game. So I'm trying trying to get my bearings right now. But overall, man, how are you doing? I'm good, man. You know, the sixth uh, NFL season under, you know, under wraps. And um, I'm ready to kind of uh, cover this team in this weird offseason that it seems like we're headed towards. Um, You know, this is the business season. This is the fun season. This is when we're almost busier than we normally are during the regular season. We're not on anybody else's schedule, but the news of the day. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I definitely think there will be some shakeups within Doug Peterson's coaching staff. Obviously, Jim Schwartz uh, is leaving, um, which is kind of a big deal. I'm joking. It's a huge deal. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this Carson Wentz situation is wild. Um, in case you've been living under a rock, uh, ESPN has now reported twice in the past three weeks that Carson Wentz wants or is expected to request a trade. Uh, Chris Mortensen has doubled down on this report that he that Carson Wentz has a fractured beyond repair relationship with head coach Doug Peterson. The Eagles are seemingly keeping Doug Peterson anyway. That seems to be the line in the sand. I'm not really sure where this goes from here other than more negativity. Um, I wrote a column on Sunday that got a lot of this very divisive. Um, look, I think it's I understand why Carson would want out of Philadelphia. I I do. 
But I also think the message it sends by leaking this in the middle of the season and putting this out there and laying your cards on the table, whoever, whomever leaked this, it did not have Carson Wentz's best public interest in, in check. And now today on Monday, clean out day, Carson Wentz politely declined uh, to speak with us through an Eagle spokesperson. And I got to tell you, all it does is kind of just highlight the fact that they are not shutting this rumor down. Chris Mortensen was on 97.5 The Fanatic earlier today and said, you know, until Carson comes out and flat out denies that this is true, he's going to trust his sources within the building. And I got to tell you, the buzz around does kind of feel like this is a thing. And, uh, you know, Chris, I don't know where, you know, Chris, you're, you tend to be a more loyal thinker. I, I, I just, I don't see how this ends in a positive result whether that's for Doug Peterson or for Carson Wentz. It does kind of seem like the Eagles are taking the offensive approach where they're going, you know what? We want to reconcile. We're not the bad guys here. We want this relationship to work. And letting the rumors and the reports really kind of damn Carson Wentz. Is that how you see it as well? It it just feels like it's one of those relationships where the Eagles are about to be dumped by their quarterback and – wants to go see if the grass is greener and the Eagles are the jilted ex going, Hey guys, you know what? You can come back. Everything's going to be better. Don't worry about it. It just seems like it's got that feel to it. And just thinking overall, what's going to happen, what could happen with this. I still think there's a way. I still think he's going to go back there. I mean, I've heard Pat McAfee, the former Colts player saying that the Colts don't want him, and they shouldn't take him back. And, I, I I can see that, but I know there's a plus. There's several other teams, a couple other teams, not several, but a couple other teams out there like the Broncos who could use them as well too, and San Fran could definitely use them as well. But just looking at those, those situations, I and what they're doing, I think I think they're on a road right now, heading back, and it's going to go. I know, it's, like you said, it's a loyal thing, but this is more just looking to lay lands. I think he's coming back next season. It may not be what both parties want to happen, but just for what could lay what be the groundwork laying out. And if they, if it does happen, it's going to be extremely interesting. It's going to see how they, it's going to come down to how they go ahead and fix this relationship. Could that be an intermediate with a new office coordinator or goes, Hey, you know what? Wentz talks directly to the office, of coordinator, and then he just goes ahead and go, okay, I'll, I'll deal with him. Doug becomes the old CEO type. and just goes, wants to know what the game plan is, puts his input and then go somewhere else that could be a solution that could help everybody all parties out way but this is looking like it's gonna it could be a, a very interesting a very uh noteworthy offseason for Wentz, the eagles and peterson uh, yeah i mean look I, I don't really know if i buy into that like i think this is a situation where you don't want your roster to completely implode. And yes, look, there's money at hand. There's, uh, there's, you know, there's other stuff going on. I just don't really know. Like my decision would have been, I would have said fired up Peterson. If you're going to stick with Carson Wentz or vice versa. Right. I just don't see how these these three stalwarts of the organization can come back. I also don't know how that's the right answer in any form or fashion. They are what, what has been 
the highlighter issue with this team for a really long time. And frankly, you saw in the game yesterday against Washington, the defense worked their butts off for Jim Schwartz. They showed a lot of respect for Jim Schwartz. And I just feel like the offense really hasn't battled. Um, And that's really not a great look for Doug Peterson, who's known for his emotional, you know, uh, um, his emotional center, the way that he is able to deal with uh, players. Uh, Speaking of players, just a sidebar, uh, the Eagles just announced that they've signed um, nine players to reserve future contracts. Wide receiver Deontay Burnett, tight end Hakeem Butler, safety Blake Countess, defensive tackle Trayvon Hester, cornerback Lavert Hill, who? Uh, running back Elijah <laughs> Holyfield, cornerback Jamison Houston, who played yesterday, Australian and Chris's guy, Matt Leo. Yes. Yes. And then uh, everyone's guy, Joe Osman. So there you go. The roster's filling up. Um, <laughs> look, here. let's have an honest conversation about Carson Wentz here, okay? Carson was not set up to succeed with the way this team was handled, okay? That is a fact. That is a fact. He was not put in a great opportunity to succeed, given he had 11 different offensive line combinations in the 12 games that he played, uh, he was without running back Miles Sanders for three games. He was without Dallas Goddard, I believe, for four. He was without uh, Zach Ertz for more than four games. He was without Deshaun Jackson for more than four games. They didn't have Alshon Jeffrey. Not that that would have really mattered for the first eight games. He had th- he was relying on two starting rookies for the majority of the season, and then one of those rookies got injured. Uh, it just kind of seemed like it, Dallas Goddard was out of the lineup for a while. Like this never seemed like this offense could really maintain itself or really grow or find a rhythm. I have no problem with him being frustrated. My issue is, is he was benched for his own good. And I don't think that that's being talked about enough. There was absolutely no reason for Carson Wentz to be out there those final four games for several reasons. There were several reasons why he shouldn't have been. One, his safety. He led the league in sacks taken with just 11 and a half games on his be- under his belt. That's crazy. He also tied for the league lead in interceptions with Drew Locke with 15. And he played 11 and a half games. Like, this is a situation where... Carson needed to be saved for himself, have a reboot, needed a reset. And if these leaks are accurate, which I don't understand why the team would leak this stuff because it doesn't help their trade value at all. It does not help their leverage in any sort of negotiation. It doesn't help their relationship with the quarterback. It doesn't help their the relationship between the quarterback and the head coach that's been established for five years and they're coming off their worst season ever. Uh Somebody who is close to Carson Wentz, I would presume, or somebody who is close to somebody who's close to Carson Wentz is leaking this. I I, I can't imagine it from a strategic standpoint what the benefit of leaking Carson Wentz wants out of Philly benefits the Eagles. Um, I know a lot of people want to paint certain people in certain lights, specifically Howie Roseman. But Howie Roseman is like the 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 number one artist in 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 painting these magical trades that he seems to win on paper almost every single time. Yes, Gennard Avery was a terrible trade. 
Golden Tate's very divisive, stuff like that. But he masters winning these trades, you know, publicly. And I don't think he, he understands the trade market better than almost anyone. And I don't think he would ever do anything to sabotage uh, Carson Wentz's trade value. As it happened today, the Eagles went on the offensive, like I said, and, and praised Carson. They did everything right. They said, everything right about Carson to one, build up his value, show that the team still wanted him to be around, make teams know that, you know, maybe Carson wants to be traded and maybe you might be interested in Carson, but we're not going to give him away. Like they've done everything right from the standpoint of assessing value, assessing leverage, gaining leverage. I just don't see how you can look at this any other way, but this trade request or potential trade request or or disillusion with the franchise or disdain for the franchise is not coming from a place that is associated with Carson Wentz. And I that's that's unfortunate. But my issue is is this is not a slight against uh Carson Wentz in my opinion. This is this was supposed to be a reset, and for him to want out based on the fact that he was benched, and based on the fact that he might not have trust with the organization, and not see that this was necessary for his development and the, the right move, especially with a guy. Look, I get it; they drafted the quarterback, but that's not why he was terrible this year. So we've got to stop like projecting this stuff, like oh, he's got to stare at a statue of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles all the time. If that's a problem for his psyche, he's the wrong guy for the job anyway. People are just projecting this stuff, and it's like either you're projecting that Carson is weak-minded because you think that he's affected by competition, or he's affected by being benched, or he's affected by you know, a statue that was made by Bud Light that's essentially a joke, uh, then I think you're projecting onto a quarterback that you like that he is like this woe is me character. And I wrote the other day, you got to give up the woe is me act. Either he's mentally tough and wants to battle and wants to win his job, which he would be, by the way, extremely heavily favored in because he's making a mint He's entering the first year of a four million uh, one hundred. He's entering the first year of a four-year one hundred twenty-eight million dollar deal that he signed. Oh, by the way, two years ago when he was coming off back-to-back injuries, back-to-back season-ending injuries, and the Eagles invested in him anyway. This is not about Nick Foles. This is not about Jalen Hurts. This is about Carson Wentz being able to handle the situation that he's in. And look, Carson has gone through the ringer. He's dealt with serious injuries consistently. And he's been a good quarterback at times. He's been a great quarterback at times. He's also been a very lousy quarterback as well. And the inconsistency is apparent. The lack of accuracy is apparent. Uh, The indecision in the pocket's apparent. Um, The lack of trust in his receivers is apparent. Look, this is a turd sandwich. And the guy, he can either take a bite or he can throw it in the trash and, and rebound. And I just... Based on these reports, based on what I see from body language, based on what I know and hear around the team, I just don't see how this ends positively in Philadelphia. Whether it's this year, next year, or whenever this reaches its conclusion, um, I just think, yes, the cap hit is astronomical. I've been on the side of, hey, you shouldn't trade Carson Wentz, but if he wants out, you cannot let this affect your younger players because this team's going to be very, very young next year. And you cannot let a guy, one, 
get guaranteed another $15 million if you don't think that he's good enough to have that $15 million in 2022. But you also can't allow Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz to duke it out. And if you trade Jalen Hurts for anything less than a first and change, which, by the way, he won't get because he averaged like 55 or 53% completion percentage, it made no sense to bring in this, this player to begin with. So either way, you're looking foolish. Chris, what do you have to say about all that? First off, I'm going to go back to your comment about Turd Sandwich. Whoever is holding or wants to take a bite out of it needs to go ahead and leave the team to begin with because anybody who's doing something like that, yeah, nah. But on a more serious note, I think that – and I'm actually glad it was something that uh, Howie Roseman said this afternoon when he said that he no longer he, – he regretted the whole thing about a QB factory because the fact that he went ahead and actually drafted Hurts in the second round – it just caused something that did not need to be happening. And look where we're at right now today. It definitely shouldn't. We're having a conversation or something that should have never even came to be. We should have been probably talking about a backup offensive lineman or another defensive end because they need have needs there. But when it comes to Hurts and, and Wentz, I still think that when you look at Wentz, you still have a lot of tools that are available. He still is going to be able – this team can go ahead and utilize. And, yeah, I really believe that the team should have gone ahead and, and for, like you said, for his own safety, taking him take him out of the actual thing to protect him because that line was was horrid at times and, and all, had all those different combinations. But I think the fact that they wanted to go ahead and protect him as well too, I, I think that they, they the team also saw that, that value. I, I know some people are going to say, well, they saw the value in a trade and everything, but I think the team still sees the value in what he can bring to an offense and be dynamic. Now – I'm not saying that the team should go ahead and just run back the same type, the same type of offense. I think there definitely has to be changes made. And I thought Doug Peterson today, when when I asked him about, hey, if they're going to go ahead and uh, have the same different assistants, and the way it sounded like, I think there's going to be some changes made because he didn't want to commit to everything. They said they had to wait till he talked to him to talk to him on Tuesday. I think there'll be some changes made, and depending on the right voice that they bring in, the right mind that they bring in. I think they could go ahead and I think Wentz can go ahead and still be that guy for this team. And he still has the ability to do that. I, I think the best thing that happens for Wentz right now, I think the off season would be great. I mean, I would have liked to seen him talk either talk today in order to get his side of view and shut this all down or even release a statement, just going it released a statement through the team going, Hey, I still want to be here. Or hey, you know what? I appreciate this. I need to go ahead and look at all my options. Either way, he there's he had a chance to shut this all down and he never took it, which is heightening up. It's almost like adding gasoline to the fire right now and doing this. I think he needs to go ahead and just step away right now, be with his family, be go ahead, go hunting, do whatever, get his mind right, and then come back. And because I, I still think he still has a lot to offer to this team, I just do. Look, I think he's I think he's completely redeemable. I think he's a talented player. I just I don't it's tough to come back from this. And you know, I think the city is very divided on him. I think uh you know, media is very divided on him. I'm just not I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I've gotten called out as like a as like a Wentz hater, but I, I'm really not. I mean, you and I have talked about Wentz pretty significantly i wouldn't call me a, i mean i would you designate me as a wentz hater because i'm a jeffrey hater you're not a wentz hater 
Yeah, look, I think Carson Wentz is an extremely talented player. My my concern is the business aspect of this. I just don't think that this is a situation where the Eagles benefit from having both Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz on the roster. And frankly, to get rid of somebody like this is going to be a massive decision. But I think Jeffrey Lurie is a guy who's got to look at this team and look, nobody's going to like fall on their sword here. Although we should talk about tank gate in a second. This team's not going to be good next year. Like there's so much they need to do. And you know, the Eagles won't be built in a day. And I think what needs to happen is you've really got to weigh, you know, is this team going to be a contender? And if not, do they need a rebuild at the top? Do they, do they need a new quarterback? I wrote last night. I think that Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman really need to work with what they have. You know, Jeffrey Lurie has signed off on two major investments in Carson Wentz. He signed off on another major investment in Jalen Hurts with that second round pick. Like, prove that you guys are the right guys for the job. See, here's the thing. I, I, I've i said this before. I thought that no matter what, Jeffrey Lurie was going to have to decide who he wanted. Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson. Carson Wentz is, is the guy who had the MVP-like season in 2017, had a great run last year. Terrific. Doug Peterson won him a Super Bowl. Um, and that's never going to change. Like, no matter what happens, he's going to be etched in the history of Philadelphia, the city, what have you. Whether you think he's a good play caller or not is one thing. Uh, I think he's kind of a mediocre play caller. Um, but I do think he can be a very good CEO head coach. Uh, and that's important because he's very good at managing people. Uh, I don't know if he's good at managing an offense. And hiring somebody who can come in and be like that QB guru and work with either Hertz or Wentz is important. I think they need new messaging. I think Press Taylor is likely to either have his role adjusted or get sent out, or maybe he'll go join Zach in in, in Cincinnati. Uh, not Zach Rosenblatt, but Zach Taylor, his buddy. <laughs> I just... Uh, I'm sorry, just imagine him on the beat. That's what I've been great. <laughs> I just kind of think I, I I think if the if the player wants out, he's the main asset. And so what's the point of keeping around, uh, you know, I, I do think Carson has leverage in the fact that he can say, look, um, maybe you're taking away my best pal, Press Taylor. Zach Ertz is leaving. Um most likely there's there's a lot going on and there's gonna be a lot of changes and in that turnstile of talent Carson Wentz could be you know a guy who can pick and choose what he does because realistically if you have a young locker room you don't want to take it tanking at the expense of long-term development because you have a guy who might not be the answer and frankly Carson was horrific this season he was bad um and look, I, I'm not standing for Jalen Hurts either. I think I, no matter what happened in those final four games, Hurts could not be guaranteed the job short of them making the playoffs and winning two playoff games. It's just not a thing. Uh, I still think he needs competition no matter what you do. Um, I'd even give him competition for the backup job, frankly. Um, may, let Carson Wentz know that like this isn't all on him to compete. It's on Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, but anyway... 
Um, let me give you a last word on this. What what's your main take? What needs to happen for Carson Wentz to return? I really think the only thing that's going to happen is if Indiana. I think if Indianapolis or Denver decide that, that they want to go ahead and, and the compensation is just going to be low. If they say, hey, you know what, we're going to give you a fourth round pick to go ahead and take over for that, I think that's the way to go ahead and do that. And looking at what's going to be available, if they don't go ahead and give them what they definitely need in terms of compensation, it makes no sense to go ahead and get rid of them. So I think that's the only thing that's stopping them right now. I know it's going to be tough when losing to if Taylor is uh, let go. And if Zach Ertz is longer here, I know his – and if even if – we, and I have no way of saying this, but knowing this for a fact, well, say Kelsey retires. I mean, th- those three of them were hanging out out after the game, and those he's really close with those guys. And if they all leave, I mean, he has to get used to it. Look how many times we've seen roster turnovers when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, when you saw guys like Tom Brady and – Peyton Manning when he's playing. These guys constantly have to go through it and go through different waves of players as, as the game evolves, whether it be the salary cap, draft picks, what have you. They, the great ones get used to it, and he's going to have to go ahead and get used to it. Even though he's not on those guys' levels, to be if he wants to be uh, an elite quarterback, he has to be able to do that. So let's talk about Tank Gate, because I think like it's getting tons of national attention. Do you feel like the Eagles tanked last night? Yeah, I did. And I think everybody, and, and the problem I have right now with a lot of these guys, the national guys that are going ahead and saying, oh, this is a travesty, it's a travesty. How many times this whole entire season were the same guys going at the Jets going, hey, let's keep, they have to keep losing and going for Trevor Lawrence. And then when the Jets won a couple weeks ago, it was like, oh, they messed up. What are they doing? They messed up and they got the, they're going to lose their chance at Trevor Lawrence. And then they got to get, oh, the Jets are horrible. And every, Everybody was pretty much jumping on there and laughing, laughing about them. And now, when the Eagles decide to go ahead and put Nate Sudfeld in there, I, and now everybody wants to go, oh well, what about the integrity of the game? Everybody has to do is you're destroying football. You can't do, it. you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth like that. Eagles did the right thing. I mean, if I was the head coach, I I would go ahead, I probably would put Nate Sudfeld started and, and protect hers because. As we saw again, Matt Pryor, the turnstile again, almost got him killed a couple of times. So I wouldn't have gone put him out there. I would say, "Hey, Nate, this is your game. Have at it. Get, get some tape. Get some tape for yourself to go ahead and uh, try to when you become a free agent next season." I think because I think he's gone. I think he's finally gone. But the Eagles did the the Eagles did the right thing. They did what was in the best interest of of the team. They still play very competitive football. They still got a lot. They, they they did what they wanted to accomplish. They got a lot of time for these players to go ahead, the young guys to go out there. I mean, how long do we see Graylin Arnold out there? How long do we see a lot of these young guys, other young guys out there? We saw him, Arnold mainly because everybody else in the secondary was hurt, but still, he got some valuable time. That's what, and they went ahead. They were competitive, and they got the great draft pick. That's. That they couldn't have gone any better than that one to it. And for all these people to go ahead and go, that's horrible. They can do it for it. it they per same one. They, they were to, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. So I have no problem with the Eagles did. I mean, did, did you have a problem with it? I mean, so I have a problem with the criticism. I don't have a like I, I guess my thing is, you know, they set it up like if you were playing Madden, right? And you know, you wanted to get some stats for your like 
Madden-generated players to end the season because you knew you were going to use them the next year and you can compare the stats and whatever if you're like weird like me and and really just take it very seriously. Look, <laughs> I just think that people are get, taking this way too seriously. I didn't think it was like disrespectful or anything. The defense competed. The thing is, is like, even if like the coaching staff wanted to tank, it was abundantly clear the players didn't. So for people to criticize the team as a whole, I think is kind of ridiculous. Uh, it might have been the best defensive effort of the season, frankly, as those guys were killing themselves for, for Jim Schwartz, which speaks to his care, like, you know, how much they care about him. And then, you know, look, Washington played horribly. And the Eagles should have won that game, but they didn't. And look, they put in Nate Sudfeld, who's been a good soldier for two years. And it seemed like the veterans kind of just bought in. Now, that said, Jason Kelsey didn't talk today. He was the guy who really gave that rah-rah press conference speech about winning. And the Eagles kind of made him look like a dope by doing this. Um, But Kelsey, Isaac Samalu, Graham, Darius Slay... Uh, Alex Singleton, Malik Jackson, all these guys played heavily into the fourth quarter. Um, And so to put their health and and stuff on the line, I think it's kind of disrespectful to just be like the Eagles tanked. Um, So in theory, I think they didn't want to win the game. Do I know that they explicitly tried to tank? Hmm. I mean, look, it's the end of the season. The game is meaningless to them. They are not obligated to win games for opposing teams. I thought the Giants carried on like little children. If you're 6-10, and 10, you can't complain about not getting help making the playoffs. If, if these two teams were 9-7, and seven, I'd say, okay, cool, you've got a point. But win more games. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I look, could they have tanked? On purpose, maybe the coaching staff did, but I, the players for certain did not. I don't think Nate Sudfeld was like, hey, I'm going to have the worst tape ever uh, in my first game in two years heading into free agency. I don't think that was like what he was aiming for, right? So <laughs> um, do you think they should be penalized if they were taking? No, not at all. And in the notion that somebody put out there that there should be an investigation for it, come on, like it, it, it's – it makes no sense. I don't think there should be an investigation because if that's the case, you'd have to investigate any team that's probably around has a has about two or three wins the rest the rest of the season, and it makes no sense to go ahead and, and start an investigation for something like that. It, it, teams have been doing this for a long time. It's been the little unwritten rule that's going on as well too. Everybody knows about this. It, it's no, it's it, oh, and my and my thing is going to be this. If they even if they even kept Hurts in for the whole entire game, would he really have made it that much of a difference to go and do that? We saw the defense go ahead and uh, the, the Washington went ahead and they scored against. Well, so I, I just don't see it. I don't think it would have mattered to begin with anyway. So the fact that everybody wants to go ahead and, and, and say all this stuff is is just asinine, in my opinion. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like people need to get off their high horses. Like teams do this like all the time, all the time. And like you said, they're talking out of the, both sides of their mouth. Uh, you know, the Jaguars owner celebrated them having the number one overall pick two weeks ago, two weeks ago, the season wasn't even over and he was celebrating the first overall pick. So like to, to just kind of, you know, point your finger at these guys just kind of seems ridiculous. Um, but 
anyway, let's talk about um, what this what needs to change on this staff. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but what's the big move you'd make? I'm bringing in an office, a veteran offensive coordinator or, or somebody who is a well-regarded offensive mind. And that's the move I'm making on the offense. I mean, defense, we know they're going to have to hire a defensive coordinator. We definitely know that. I think that's the that's the case. And I think the other move is, is you try to convince John Dorsey to not take a GM job, even though it's going to be very enticing. I don't know if you have to give him a bump in pay. I don't think he's getting a, a GM job, pay. so I don't think you have to worry about it. I hope I hope not. I really hope not. But if he if he needs a title and a bump in pay, keep him for as long as you can because you don't want to be in this position often where you're picking in a top 10 of a draft. But if you are, you better make sure that you go ahead and you get, get your money's worth, so to speak. And to have him to guide Roseman around like Douglas did, it's going to be immensely important for him to go ahead and stick around. Cause if he leaves, then you're scrambling, trying to get not only your scouts, but trying to find another personnel guy and, it, it just it just creates chaos when you even more chaos when you don't really need it right now. You need to focus on his draft. So I I trust Dorsey's scouting prowess. I think he should go ahead and he needs to go ahead and get elevated. And he has to he has to have a bigger say in this upcoming draft. But those are the things I would make. Is there anything you would do? Yeah, I think Press Taylor needs to either just be a quarterbacks coach or needs a change of scenery. I think. Uh, you need to bring in someone who has a history of success with quarterbacks, but also a history of success with wide receivers. Uh, like I've, I've said several times, I'm a big Jim Codwell guy. I got a ton of crap for suggesting him as a potential replacement for Adam Gase with the Jets. I really am a big, big fan of Jim Codwell. It has nothing to do with me being woke. It's the fact that he's gotten more out of quarterbacks than anybody <laughs> else this decade. Uh, he produced Joe Flacco's Super Bowl winning run to the playoffs he made matt stafford an elite thrower to the football oh and by the way he worked with a guy named peyton manning and won a super bowl with him as his quarterbacks coach so i just think like get your mind out of the gutter and 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 just kind of think about what you are looking for an offensive coordinator and frankly what the eagles should be looking for first and foremost is somebody who can get the most out of their quarterback play and can can actively scheme guys open and that's something that while Jim Caldwell isn't necessarily the most interesting personality, he can do in droves as a play designer, as a play caller, and as a position coach. I also think they, they need new blood at, at the linebacker position. Kevin, Ken Falagel has been here forever. They haven't developed really anybody uh, to the level of above average, in my opinion. I think TJ Edwards is flash. I think Kamu J. Hill played well. Uh, Nigel Radham came in as a veteran. Uh, Alex Singleton's played very well, but I don't know if I'd necessarily give Flagel all the credit for that one. Um, so with that said, you know, we'll be covering this throughout the season or throughout the off season. Um, you know, there's a lot going on and we'll probably have some emergency podcasts every now and then, but for our Monday podcast or this is, you know, our early week podcast, this is probably the last one for a little bit. Um, we'll still do our updates on Tuesdays, our headlines, and you can sign up for Eagles Extra two weeks free by going to nj.com slash text. You can send us text questions and all that jazz, and we'll send a bunch of our important content to your phone. Um, you can also download the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. Uh, for Chris, 
I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.